women don't talk enough about, I don't think we were allowed to talk about it for years. And I think it's something that still, even the most forward of women have a comf- uncomfortable time talking about pleasure and female pleasure and embodying your sexual expression. I know that I do. Lover's the real sensual magnetic. It's the siren in us. It's like, it's the erotic sensual side of yourself that's in touch with your sexuality. It loves the attention. Like it invites that attention in. What's up, babe? Welcome back to another episode of Just Realize with your girl, Katie. So, so grateful that you are here. I am so, so grateful that you've tuned in for your weekly dose of spirituality, self-love, style, all of the above. Um, This week, we can add another S to that list, and that is sex. I am so pumped about today's episode. I think you will really, really enjoy it. I think there's already a part two of this conversation brewing because it's so fire. And I think it's just something that women don't talk enough about. I don't think we were allowed to talk about it for years. And I think it's something that still even the most forward of women have a uncomfortable time talking about pleasure and female pleasure and embodying your sexual expression. I know that I do. Um, really around the mother archetype and that's what we talked a lot about today's episode was I had Jenna Miller on she is a pleasure and intimacy mentor and a podcast host and someone I've just met through online friends and we've been in touch for a while now and we finally collaborated on the podcast and we went really deep into the feminine archetypes which I'm like fascinated with and how those show up in our sexual expression. And like I mentioned, the mother archetype. And we go really deep into this conversation on the pod today. But I think, so my husband and I have been together for a really long time. And 10 of those years, we didn't have kids, right? So then that relationship is different. And I was younger. <laughs> I'm joking. But that relationship was different. And then our post kid relationship is very very different and from what i found and i don't think he would agree with me i'm not sure for from his personal perspective not me but when we had kids something shifted in me and my relationship to my sexual expression shifted with that i mean fucking everything shifted right because not only did i have not only did my body change and feel different i was someone's mother and that became a label that we put on ourselves sometime um, in society. And a lot of times a mother's a big, amazing responsibility. But I think sometimes in society it gets wrapped up in the only thing we're allowed to be or the number one thing that we're supposed to be. And um, while I don't believe in balance, I definitely think there's still some unlearning. I have the chills. So I know I'm at least speaking some level of truth, (laughs) I think there's still someone learning about what it means when we become mothers and how we save the little pieces of ourselves and stay true to ourselves and don't completely lose our identity. And that that really came up for me in today's episode, um, talking about pleasure and female pleasure, receiving pleasure in all areas of my life, but especially sexually. And 
sexual expression and like what does that fucking even mean i think this topic is so potent and so powerful because i don't think it's one especially as a female and only speaking from my own experience um it's not like this was a topic of fucking conversation at any point in my life uh you know when i started having sex when i was a young adult or as i became older when i got married like none of those um conversations so it's really good. It's super fucking juicy. And I mean, I literally cannot wait to hear what you think about this episode. It's so amazing. I love Jenna. She was made to do this. Her voice, her demeanor, just everything about her. I have the chills again. Everything about her is so... um soothing and so comfortable and i think that's a really big deal when you're talking about something that a lot of people don't talk about and i know it's one of the things that i like to show up as one of the things i think when i write down like my strengths and what i think i'm good at is being able to go really deep with people and get really vulnerable with someone and i see a lot of that in jenna too and doing this podcast with her opened up a lot just about myself outside of sexual expression, but a lot in the feminine archetypes. So we really dove into those feminine archetypes. We went through all of them. I think there's about seven of them. It's really, really good. Um, it was so powerful and so fun. We talked a lot about embodying more of yourself through sexual expression. We talked about how that relates back to our style, of course, how it relates back to what we wear, how we tap into the archetypes through things that we can wear, how adorning our bodies was really a big piece of this. And that's absolutely how I see style. And funny is now, granted, I could connect style back to everything in the world because it's a passion of mine. And I think it's that big because we literally wear clothes every day. And even clothes play a role in sexual expression, right? When you think of lingerie, role-playing, all those different things, it's the clothes that you put on that help you tap into that piece of yourself or that archetype of yourself. And I think I even told her this on the episode, but it's something I've been talking about more, which I don't know if I've mentioned on my podcast, but talking to my friends more, is I have a perfume that I wear solely on date night or solely when my kids aren't around because it signifies to me in my brain that now I can shift from that mothering archetype into a different feminine energy. I don't really know exactly which one that is, but I'm probably more of like the lover or the queen energy, something like that. But it's a physical embodiment, a physical sign of, okay, Katie, we're shifting from mothering to reconnecting to that lover and reconnecting to that piece of our marriage and our relationship before we were before we were parents without the kids whatever that looks like however that shows up for you so like even when we just went to new orleans without the kids um i like went to the store and bought like a 30 dollar fucking travel size <laughs> of this fucking perfume so that i could have it on my trip because it's that important to me so it's so juicy like oh my god you're gonna love it um we talked about how to play with the archetypes to enhance your sex life we went super deep um i've just 
I don't know what else to say other than it's magical. It's amazing. I was thinking about doing an intro to this podcast with like just some of the aha learnings that I've had over this last week since I recorded my last solo episode, but this one is so good and so juicy and so unlike any other episode I've ever done that I don't want to water it down. I want it to stay nice and juicy for ya. So message me, let me know what resonates with you. Um, what do you want to hear more of? Should I have Jenna back on the podcast? Would you like to talk about um, feminine archetypes, sexual expression more and more? To me, this is all part of the spirituality, self-love journey. Um, so it's all connected in my mind. So let me know what feels good for you around that. Send me a DM on Insta at Katie Allen Stylist. Shoot me an email at Katie at katiejuststyled.com. And yeah, if you really are digging this and speaking of the archetypes, and this comes up a little bit on the podcast too, we talked about syncing your style to your cycle, which is something that I feel like I haven't been talking about lately that I really want to root back into because it's super meaningful to me in my life and the way I track my cycle and the way I show up and the way I craft my life and go after my dreams. So if you are interested in getting in tune with your emotions and the moods that you might experience through the month, whether that's to your cycle or the moon cycle, you can go download the Sync Your Style to Your Cycle style guide. It's like 18 pages because it's juicy as this fucking episode with all of my favorite tips and tricks on how to do that. I've got my favorite lipsticks in there for every time of the month. And like I said, if you're not cycling or you're not tracking your cycle, this perfectly aligns to the moon cycle as well. So you can go download that katiejuststyled.com backslash freebie, F-R-E-E-B-I-E, katiejuststyled.com dot com backslash freebie f-r-e-e-i-e oh did i spell it wrong <laughs> f-r-e-e-b-i-e and that's my exclusive style guide no one's talking about this i've never heard another stylist talk about this on how to sync your style to your cycle and your moods so you can maximize it and really tap into your highest form of self-expression so you can get really tapped in and turned on for today's episode with Jenna Miller on how to increase pleasure and intimacy in your life. I hope you enjoy this one. It's super hot. I will see you on the other side. Oh my God, ladies. I'm so, so pumped for today's podcast. It's going to be a juicy one. And we're going to go so, so, so deep. So today with me on the pod, I have Jenna Miller. She's a pleasure and intimacy mentor and a podcast host. Um, and I'm so excited today. We're going to get into all things pleasure, female pleasure, um, embodying your sexual expression, feminine archetypes, all the juice. We're going to open it up and see where it goes. And I need you in my life right now. I'm so excited. I have the chills. Thank you, Jenna, for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited for this conversation. It's been a long time coming. And I know even just from our 
quick conversation before we started hitting record. It was amazing. So I feel like there's something special that's going to unfold here. I'm so, so good. Like I was looking at my week coming back out of all the things and I was like, Oh my God, I need this conversation in my life. And like, I'm so excited that this is the week that we finally get to have it. Like you said, but let's just start with, I just dropped a bunch of words that totally excite me, but can you just back it up for a second and just give us a quick intro of who you are and um, what you do and what's your gift? Yeah, I think, yeah, there is a lot of words in the way that I describe my work that I think are kind of buzzy, but also um the language may be a bit confusing. So I think if if you kind of boil it down to a simplistic version of what I do, it's really sex education based with energy work. Mm-hmm. Um, and energy work as in the spirituality of um, connecting with the body, spirit, soul, um, really going beyond just a, a being a physical meat suit on the earth, right? Really taking it to the extra level. And so a lot of the work that I do is centered around female pleasure. And I love right now the conversation of pleasure is coming to light. I'm seeing it a lot more in online and in communities and in the book titles that are being shown at the bookstores. And I feel like female pleasure is really starting to rise. But for so long, it was something that just wasn't spoken about, you know, you weren't getting together with your girlfriends and talking about the newest pleasure tool, or you weren't getting together and really talking about your sex life and the things that were frustrating you or the things you were loving. And for me, I've always been so drawn to the conversation of sex and intimacy. And I've really always wanted to take relationships to such a depth. And I Uh, really reject like surface level conversation, surface level relationships. And so for me, I thought originally I would be a sex therapist. And then when sacred sexuality came into my sphere by way of Tantra, I was like, okay, wow, there gets to be more than just this mechanical sex thing. Like Mm -hmm. this part, this part, we do this thing and this thing happens. Um, And it became this sacred uh, expression of how can two people relate or more, right, in a way that's so nourishing and so um, heart opening and so uh, connected that it feels like you're touching the divine, touching all that is holy, the holy within yourself. And so I know that was a lot of words to describe something that is quite simple in essence. And I'll just boil it back down again to really, I work with women either one-on-one or in small group containers or group settings rather to support them in really touching their touching their pleasure not just physically but emotionally as well meeting that edge and inviting more of themselves in to come and play and to be in the room um, to really meet that multi-dimensional essence of what it means to be a femme being in this world so yeah mm. that's me <laughs> So good. I'm like and mesmerized just like listening to you talk. I'm like, oh, where do I even go with this? I want to take this in so many different angles. The first thing that comes up for me when you say that is something that feels big for me is like women even allowing themselves to show up in the space. I feel like um, a lot of people don't even allow themselves to do anything that brings some pleasure, much less around sex and sexuality. And 
I just feel like it just hasn't been conversations. And like, it's just how it's for me, I'm almost like, where do we start? Jenna, how do you, when someone comes to you, like where, where's like that starting point? Where have you found, like, I feel like there's usually uh, when you start doing something that's your gift and what you're passionate about, there's usually a starting place for most people. You start to see a common thread or a theme. Where do you say that is? And like, can you walk us a little bit through that journey? Hey lady, I hope you are enjoying today's episode, but I wanted to hop in really, really quick, remind you that spring is right around the corner. So if you're like me, I love spring. I love the new energy. I love the freshness, the greenness. It's the perfect time to reconnect with ourselves. Waking up out of hibernation, mother nature is alive and well, and so are we. So let's reconnect to our style, reawaking that inner style icon inside of you and book in for some styling session. March books are open and there's three different ways that you can work with me. I have closet edit sessions available where we'll hop on and we'll create anywhere from six to 12 new outfits from your existing wardrobe. Or if you're a business boss babe and you're just looking for some spare time in your life, then book in for some personal shopping. Yes, I will do the shopping for you. And if you are interested in my signature style package, I have two spots open in March. That is the six-week package that I put together where we will take you through and we will master your signature style. You can book a discovery call on my website, katiejuststyle.com. Or if you're like me, I prefer the DMs or the emails. Shoot me a DM on Insta, Katie Allen Stylist, or email katie at katiejuststyled.com. Email me today. I will chat with you soon. Love and lipstick. Yeah, a starting point I love to go in is with like the three M's is what I refer to them as. So it's the medical, the moral, and the media. And really looking at that lens of like, how do you interpret sexuality? How do you interpret your own your own essence as a sexual being? Um, and what have those three M's sort of taught you about that? Um, you know, a lot of us come up with a religious background or um, in some of culture that you could either suppresses that part of yourself or is told to put it away, stamp it down, you know, um, let it go, that kind of thing. So we really start there just unpacking it. Like what are your beliefs? And sometimes that's journal prompts or sometimes that's guided conversation where it's like, what are we actually working with? What do you believe to be true? Um, and what do you want to believe to be true? So, you know, for a lot of folks, they'll come to me and they're like, I believe that um, my sexuality is for women specifically or feminine beings. They're like, my sexuality is the like owned by someone else, mm -hmm. you know, their partner, the person that they're, their lover, that kind of thing. And really bringing it back to like, well, what do you want to believe to be true? Like your pleasure is, and come back with an answer, like their pleasure is their own. Their pleasure can be sourced through their own skin. Their, their pleasure can be sourced through their own touch, their own connection to their own heart. Um, and so, yeah, really unpacking what is there, where do we start? What are we looking at? Um, it's kind of like, you know, a great analogy for you. It's like, if we're looking at a closet and there's all of these pieces that you don't really know what to do with, but they're there. It's like, let's pull them all out. Let's dust them all off. Let's see what's there. And then start put, 
putting things together. Let's start picturing the big picture and the vision that we want to have, an outfit that we want to wear on stage when we receive an award, right? Like that's the big image. And then how do we backtrack from that vision um, to the little things that we can do every day to build up to that end goal? Mm, That's really, really powerful. I love the three M's. That's so good. Um, Because I do feel like that's a really good space to start. Um, That kicks up so much stuff for me, Jenna. I don't even know where I want to start. And it's interesting. It is. It is. Like listening to you talk and... I've been married for, I think, 16 years, but I met my husband in 2000. So 22 years of us being together, 22 years of like going through life and doing things. And I've seen like speaking in sexuality, just how that has shifted for me and uh, through those years of like, depending on where it was, my confidence, my priorities, um, all of the things. So I just feel like there's so many layers there and I want to like I immediately I'm like oh can we talk about feminine archetypes because when I think of the transitions I know that mother is an archetype but that's was a big big transition for me where I saw my sexual identity like break where I was a sexual being obviously that's how I got pregnant to like now do moms have sex? I mean, they do, but then that started like changing my mind is like, it wasn't a priority per se. And then your kids get older and you get your freedom back and you're like, shit, who am I as a person? And then I've started, and now then you get a little bit older and you're like, I don't give a fuck what people want me to think sexually. Like I'm gonna do whatever I want. (laughs) So it's like all these different things. So I, I help me frame this up. Where do we start? She's like, so we know what we believe. Um, sometimes for me personally, it's easy if I have like a framework or something to get started with. And then I tie it back to, okay, what feels authentic to me? Yeah. Well, like it's, let's chat about the feminine archetypes a bit. Cause I do think they're really helpful. And especially in that example that you just shared um, with entering into motherhood. Now, I'm going to preface this. I, I'm not a mother. I'm not a mother yet. Um, I don't intimately know that experience, but I can talk a little bit from the outside looking in. Um, and you can also, you know, assist this conversation and and what you feel is true from what I say. But for my own studies, um, working with mothers, this is what I feel to be true. But I also think that the postpartum journey uh, of sexuality, there needs to be experts in that. There needs to be women who are taking and filling that gap. It's personally not myself right now, but I know that that is an area that women need so much nourishment and they need that, um, that loving like teammate support. That's like, you can rebuild this part of yourself that's shifted and that's changed. So anyway, if we go back to the feminine archetypes, there are a variety of different archetypes. Um, I studied them through Carl Jung and uh, as a psychologist who had different theories of the feminine psyche. Now, if you're listening to this and you're non-binary, um, you're a man, you're, you don't identify with the women frequency. You can also, if you get in touch with your feminine side, you can also feel into these archetypes. So they're not just for the woman, in my opinion. Other people may say differently, but that is my interpretation of of these archetypes. So we start off and we're the maiden and the maiden moves in through a journey. Um, 
there is the lover, there is the mother, there's the huntress, there's the queen, and there's the wild woman. And we all start out as that maiden and she's the, and I'm going to use she. So if um, just intersect that with whatever feels right for you for pronoun wise, but it's the, uh, it's, it's going to be probably easier to interpret if I use she. So um, the maiden is the bell in Beauty and the Beast. You know, she's the inquisitive walking around um, young feminine frequency that's in the world um, absorbing everything, like collecting all these nuggets of information, um, really naive and um, malleable. Like she's, she can be formed and um, shaped in many different ways. And in that innocence that comes with the maiden archetype, it's like that can be a disadvantage, but it also is there's so much beauty in that. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm describing these archetypes, we all have them within us, right? We can we can access these different archetypes. And at times they may feel like some are in more of a dominant play. So for you, we're talking about motherhood. The mother may feel like the predominant archetype in which you operate your world in. But you can also pull in to exploring the other archetypes, like really embodying, say, the lover archetype when you're on a weekend away with your partner and you're really looking to feel that ravenous type of connection that you maybe had in the beginning stages of your relationship pre-children, right? And so knowing that those pieces of us, we are all multidimensional. There's all these layers. If you think about the petals of a flower, there's so much of us to embody and explore at any present moment. But I think sometimes we just get put into these freaking boxes, right? We're just like, stay here, do this, stay on this train, this track, like keep going forward. Um, And we forget all the peripheral or all the extra texture and the flavors of life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got into explaining the maiden there, but um, the maiden, essentially some of us start out as the maiden, but uh, there can also be other... um, yeah, I think all of us basically started with the maiden. Um, the lover archetype is what I just mentioned there when you're talking about, you know, going on a weekend getaway with your partner and really embodying that lover archetype. Lover is the real sensual magnetic. It's the siren in us. It's like the part of us that, you know, maybe you embody um, on your birthday, right? You put on your like birthday outfit to go out and it's the erotic sensual side of yourself. that's in touch with your sexuality. It loves the attention. Like it invites that attention in. It really like can command a room. It's the energy of like, I've arrived. I'm here. I'm open. I'm, I'm, um, excited to be here with you. And the lover's love is really healing actually. So it's not, um, If in your mind's eye right now, you're thinking of someone who's really like self-centered or egocentric and um, they are sort of toxic or trouble, the lover, it's actually like, they're just so embodied in their sexual expression and their own radiance that that part is healing to those that they touch. So that's the part of you that can really like mend your lover back to wellness when, you know, they're feeling caught up in their emotions or, or hurting, right? And uh, it's the part of us too, when you think of really like in movies or films, when the woman is like, so able to, uh, what's the right word? Like um, when a man is kind of down and out or having trouble, like 
gets in a bar fight or something and the the feminine character like arrives and she like kind of commands him back into his body and into like his senses that's like the lover frequency in my opinion it's like this this um red siren that comes to kind of like heal and love mm-hmm. um the shadow side of that that archetype though can be like the temptress and like kind of having bad intentions for that energy knowing that it's so powerful and using it for not so good so when we're talking about yeah the journey of feeling more predominant in that mother archetype kind of leaning into the lover and exploring those edges and feeling into your own sexuality and commanding maybe that energy that you would feel on your birthday or on valentine's day or those times of the year when they're when that frequency feels peaked um and playing in it i'm gonna take a pause there while i because <laughs> i just shared a lot so good oh my god so as you were talking and you were like the lover energy and i'm over here like writing notes because you're saying amazing stuff and also like that's what i love around styling is i feel like you're always embodying a feeling an archetype like how do you want to feel today how do you want to feel today i feel like i'm auto like asking this question over and over and i'm like oh when i go on my birthday or when we go on date nights I always wear a certain pair of fake eyelashes because that signals to me like physically when I look at myself in the mirror, this isn't mom, Katie, this is Katie, Katie, like this is date night, Katie, like I am this free woman. It reminds me to like step into that and like, even if it's just two hours, like for these two hours, him and I are those versions of ourselves where it's just all about us and everything else can fall to pieces. I like to do it through, you know, physical visual um, examples because, well, that's just where my brain goes. But that's I think so that's fun. really helpful, though. Like, and I think that'll be the way that in into it for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, so so amazing. Um, I want you to keep going though because I'm so interested in the archetypes. I love, love, love what you said about being multifaceted and flowers, the mini petals. If there's one thing I try to remind myself of and I try to talk about as much as I can on my podcast is exactly what you said. It's like, we don't, we are not just one thing and we can be all of these things and I can be a mom and I can be a spicy podcaster and I can be a sensual lover and I can be all of these things at one time and it doesn't, n- none of it, it doesn't matter. It can ebb and flow like however I want it to be. Um, so I just love the framework of archetypes because it helps me when I'm not feeling that or when I when I am in a shadow moment, knowing and being empowered with the knowledge of the different archetypes that helps me come back a little bit. And like you're painting the picture so pretty. So I'm like, yes, um, and pretty, you're just painting this so vividly, really, that I'm like, okay, this is great. So I love your example about Bell, and I love your example about this. So keep going. I'd love to just like learn more about the archetypes because there's a couple in my mind that I'm not really sure how to differentiate. Yeah. And I just wanted to circle back to what you said about the eyelashes. Like, I think that that's amazing that I think we do need our our psychology needs that little like probe into that difference. So, um, sometimes with, um, women who maybe work are like a leader in their life or in their business or in their career. And like, they operate in a bit more of like, I'll get into this in a second, but like their hunter's energy or their more masculine energy and mm-hmm. they're sort of leading and directing. And then they want to soften into like that feminine edge or just like that yummy, um, 
like soft, uh, cuddly type of energy where it's like, I want to be ravished. Like I want to be taken care of now. I also, I will often recommend like doing something. So, um, having a shower or a bath or like kind of like washing away the energy of that moment from like the prior day and then entering into like your night cave or like your your sex den or whatever that is so that you can then sink into that different energy because we do need that break in what we're experiencing um i think makeup clothes are amazing ways to do that but then also physically like you know if you're looking to command more of that huntress energy maybe you could do a little exercise or some jumping jacks or something like that so yeah I think that was just like such a great point I wanted to um, echo it so anyway yeah I can jump into the other archetype so I mentioned the maiden and the lover the mother which we were talking about um, is that really uh, is that initiation into motherhood and that can mean through way of having children but that can also be through way of nurturing in some other capacity it the mother can also be about birthing um, like projects or creations or things into the world. So it's fertility, but not just in the way of um, how we typically see fertility as children, but in birthing creations as a whole. Um, it's a part of us that's really compassionate and nurturing and quite gentle. It's the soft-spoken side of ourselves. It's the, um, yeah, it's that loving, nurturing touch. It's the part of us that want to take care of those who are unwell or um, mold young minds or um, even in like work and team dynamics, like really foster new hires into being something that they could really be proud of, like when they, you know, move up the leadership ranks, that kind of thing. So it's bursting with fertility, um, either physically for child rearing or uh, creative projects. It's abundant in essence. Like the mother is really this, if you think of mother earth, right? It's like, holy, it's everything. It's, it's the whole damn thing. And that's the power of the mother can sometimes feel like, uh, uh, like it takes your breath away because it is so abundant. And so it's not just abundant um, in fertility, but abundant in all of these layers of life and really the edges of our expression, which is cool. And it's really attuned to nature. So I talked to Mother Earth or talk, mentioned Mother Earth, like really attuned to nature. It's the part of ourselves that can imagine us like barefoot in the backyard with our children or with our books or with our art and really like connected to the earth. So that's the, the mother archetype itself. And then there's the shadow side of like um, the mother where it can feel you know, I know best, I'm the mother, I know all um, that kind of like, I'm going to control the family dynamic dynamic energy, or I'm going to control the um, you getting well or me nurturing you. And it's really about that surrender into there's multiple different possibilities here. And how can I be surprised or be curious about life and trust the earth, trust um, my fertility, trust my creations. Mm. So that's the mother. So good. And then I mentioned the huntress. The huntress is the most masculine in its undertone in um, the feminine archetype. So uh, again, I talk about masculine and feminine a lot in my work, but I'm not talking about gender roles or um, genders at all. It's it's really the frequency or thought form or feeling state of the feminine and masculine. So the feminine energy is that um, that birth, that creativity, that compassion, that nurturing. Um, the moon energy and then the masculine is our directional energy it's our um 
it's our like concentration, it's our focus, it's our drive. Um, I, I often think of it as the sun's energy as well. Like if you think about the sun and all that it illuminates and brings to life, brings clear, um, whereas the moon brings like the shadow and the moods and the emotions, the sun brings um, the direction and the clarity and literally like the north uh you know, when you think about the time telling and there's the the sun that gives the time anyway. Yes. So that's the, uh, the that's the, just a quick description of those frequencies. But then if we're looking at the Huntress um, archetype, this is, I like to refer to this as the um, like Serena Williams energy, like the warrior or the real like fighter in us. It's the independent spirit. It's part of us that pursues life on our own design. It's really like I'm standing sturdy in my own two feet. I know what I'm doing. I know I got this. I'm really like, I have my own back type of energy. Um, and it's working towards a goal. It's like, I know what I need and I'm going to walk straight towards that. Like un, um, not distracted. I'm clear with my intentions. I'm heading forward. It's really self-reliant. Um, and it's a, also that natural competitor. So it's the part of us that's like, wants to compete, but you can also see the shadow side of that being too competitive, but competing in, in life. Like I, I know what I'm capable of and I'm going to go pursue that. Um, and the hunters also really lives outside of their comfort zone. So they're willing to press the edges of what they can hold and what they can do um, to explore those edges of themselves. So if you're trying something new, you maybe want to activate some of the hunters energy, maybe put on your favorite thing that really claims like uh, that warrior spirit within really helps you like straighten your posture, straighten your spine, roll your shoulders back, feel into like, I'm holding that bow and arrow, whatever that looks like for you. Um, maybe that's like tying your hair back and like a nice slick ponytail, um, really activating that fighter in you. And that's the, the huntress, which I think is a really fun archetype to play on, especially if you, um, work with the feminine energy a lot and you feel like you can kind of get swallowed up by it, like the emotions and the, uh, yeah, the depths of the feminine and all of it. And you're looking to feel a little bit more grounded and stable, helping yourself call upon the hunters can be a really beautiful way to move forward in your pursuits or whatever you want to do in the world. I have a quick question before we keep going. Um, cause I believe there's a couple more so as I'm listening to you say this, do you feel like bringing it back to sexual expression? Is there space for like the hunter's energy and the sexual sexual expression? Is there space for each of these archetypes in that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it just also depends on, so what your core sexual essence is. Like, I think we all in our relationships, we, we ebb and flow and we, we hold different roles at different times, right? Sometimes it's a bit more like, you know, you're a bit more dominant or maybe your partner's more dominant. You'll have a tendency to have one way that feels a bit more nourishing to both of you. Um, some couples like really genuinely don't have a dominant nature and they like just, um, flow back and forth and that feels really good to them. The thing that you want to note is like, do you feel like you want to be ravished or do you want to do the ravishing? Like, do you want to feel like you're really being in devotion to your partner in that moment? Or do you want to be like adored and cherished in that moment? Um, do you want to lead or do you want to be led? Those types of things you want to pay attention to. And um, so for in a very practical sense, like 
in, um, say it's your lover's birthday, you're maybe going to hold a bit more of that um, huntress slash lover energy and really be devoted to them, right? You know, yeah. How vulgar can I be on this podcast? Oh, let's go. I mean, it's right. Okay, okay. That's it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So yeah, maybe like you are, you're um, really devoted to their body and like worshiping them, right? Giving oral sex and like really being present and, and using that to like turn yourself on and being really engaged in that. And like, or maybe you're being a bit more dominant where you're like, I'm going to blindfold you. I'm going to tie your hands together in a really beautiful, loving way. And like, just devour your body, be in worship to you on your birthday, that kind of thing. Right. Or heck, it's just a Tuesday night and you're like, that's what you're feeling. That's what you're in the mood for. It doesn't have to be a birthday, but that gives, I think, a nice visual for most folks who are thinking about um, activating that part of yourself or maybe you want to be dominant. I think a lot of feminine essence beings, and especially when their core sexual essence is feminine, they're going to want to be the one laying down with their hands tied and like in devotion to, you know, if you think about when I talk to a lot of women, they're like, I just want him to like ravish me. I want him to adorn my body. Like I want them um, to really pay attention to what my body's doing, all these cues, slow down, be present, that kind of thing. So yeah, there is, um, I think time for all of those archetypes to be at play. Um, maybe even, you know, the maiden at times is to really play into that sort of innocence that like, I don't know what I'm doing or like, this is my first time, right? Or, or that kind of thing in the sexual experience where it's like, I don't have a lot of experience. And with some lovers, you may feel that way. You may feel like, oh, I actually genuinely, you know, a lot more than me, or I feel like, you know, a lot more than me um, and you can teach me. And there's something really beautiful in that experience. That's exactly the word that came to my mind was teach me. Um, yeah. That's so, I love that. So yeah. So keep going. So I love the Huntress energy. This is completely unrelated, but I always love in movies where they do this whole thing where like Wednesday night is sex night. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know why that always sticks with me. I just think that's so funny because I'm, I could just never pick a day of the week. And just like, that's the week. Like I'm all, I'm so much more like emotional and flowy than that. But anyways, so funny to me. Keep going. This is amazing. I just wanted to make sure that in my mind, I see the archetype showing up no matter what I'm doing in all spaces of my life. So I just wanted to set that as a reminder, whether I'm the huntress in my business or the huntress in the bedroom or the huntress, mama bear energy sometimes connects yeah. that with me a little bit. So, um, okay. Anyways, go. Who's next? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I, in a practical sense though, too, like the, um, that feeling of, oh, sorry, I was just, my mind just drew a blank, but um, I wanted to say something about what you just said. Oh, the Wednesday night. So also when I'm working with folks who are like really trying to work on their intimacy or their, even their connection with their sexual body, like allowing there to be a date in place. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes we put stigma on actually putting like a, a calendar time set aside for that thing. But if we're really looking to nurture it, then it is helpful to set that time aside and like have a time where it's like you and your partner or partners know what, mm -hmm. what night of the week, like they can, you know, sustain their energy or have a lighter meal or kind of be in a prepared state and also like mentally prepare themselves for that, for that time sure. and that day. Um, and the goal doesn't have to be in that experience. Like, you know, both people orgasm and it's like penetrative sex and the whole nine yards. It can just even be like, we've set this time aside to do massages or talk about sex or, um, you know, like 
pick out something from a shop, like go on a date and um, pick out a new bottle of lube or a toy or something that you've wanted to do for your partnership and kind of just like having that time aside. So just wanted to sidebar with that. Cause I think a lot of times we like pretend that we shouldn't like, it needs to be um, random and spontaneous in the moment. No, you're exactly right. I, I a thousand percent agree with that too. And like that definitely works for me in different areas of my life. So yes, that's a really, really good point. Thank you for bringing that up. I love that you said massages because massages to me are so fucking intimate. And I feel like that's a, a form of sexuality for me. Um, yeah. It feels so good, right? Yeah. Like it's almost spiritual for me when I get massages. That feels like a different podcast though. So <laughs> yeah, it's in that devotion, like when I was explaining the birthday thing, but it's like, it's yeah. that partner being in devotion to your body and like, just like being there and present with you without a goal, which I think is so lovely. So yeah, there's just a couple more archetypes. Um, there's the queen, which is, I think, you know, we can think of it as Beyonce or Queen B, right? Um, it's the part of us that's really like knows her worth or knows their worth and stands really like tall in that aspect and can um, magnetically attract the things that are right for them, but also... Um, what's the word for detract, <laughs> like push away, reject repel. the things that aren't. Yeah. Repel. Right. 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 Repel the things that aren't meant for that, for them at that moment. Um, the queen is, um, really devoted to their self-care. Like you can think of that as, you know, putting on your robe and, you know, putting your lotioned socks on and like having your face mask on and, um, really like saying, okay, this is my time, like commanding that space, commanding that, that thing for yourself at the moment. Um, the queen is a fun energy to, I would say, um, it, it can also have the frequency of like, um, thinking about partnership. And if you think of like king and queen type of dynamics of like, um, uh, that devotion to the couple itself or the pairing or the mm -hmm. um, lineage or the legacy that those two will leave, which is really special. But I often think of the queen as um, the part of ourselves that is like commanding our own space and taking care of our own um, gardens and that kind of thing and, and less so much in intimacy. So that's kind of one that you can command if you're like having a night to yourself or, um, even really great if you're, you know, giving a keynote or you're, um, you know, leading your podcast or whatever. It's like, here, yeah, I really know my, I'm standing my worth here in this moment. And I'm really going to activate that and channel that. I also think of the queen a lot with um, like any of the royal colors, those really regal, like dark purples, reds, mm -hmm. um, those beautiful emerald greens, that kind of thing. So that's the queen. Awesome. I love that. Then there's the wild woman, which is our barefoot, naked in nature vibe. Um, this is often the one that we will activate when we're in um, safe sisterhood with other women. And it's the part of ourselves that's, you know, unclothed, it's, it's raw, it's vulnerable, it's fierce, it's like... Um, you know, not afraid to scream and howl. It's not afraid to get on its hands and knees and get muddy. Um, it's not afraid to weep or um, like, it's like the full spectrum gets to exist for the wild woman. And it's really the part of us in society that's told to like, shut the fuck up. It's the yeah. part of us that like, 
everyone's just like trying to stamp the wild woman out of us. Um, but it's the part that feels so liberating when you can access it. So I would say the best times to really access that is with a few girlfriends at a cottage retreat or something like that, you know, have a beautiful ceremony together or, um, a full moon circle with your friends, um, you know, a vision casting night with your, um, your sister or that kind of thing. I think it's, that's a really beautiful time to activate the wild woman. Um, and just to allow any parts of the emotion that you feel like you've been really trying to push down to, to be present and to come through and allow other women to hold you in that wild fierceness. Mm. But there is also a part of the wild woman that loves solitude as well. So if you want to go on your own, um, journey of, um, alone time and really just allow yourself to kind of like unravel and cry and howl and those types of things that can be really beautiful as well I would say it's um probably the one you'd least want to explore uh sexually like Mm -hmm. with a partner it it could be a really beautiful one to explore in your own self-pleasure practice is really activating that wild woman um just because it is so unpredictable it's so uh vast so deep it can be kind of moody it can be shadowy and so allowing the wild woman to um be untamed in the privacy of your own space or within sisters I think is really really nice um it's also the part of us that's like the enchantress so it's there's Mm -hmm. some mysticism there Mm -hmm. it's um yeah very much untamed and it's also the healer like the medicine woman of us so it's the part of us that's like connected to this plant will heal me or um it's that intuition of trust of like, I'll take some elderberry for this sore throat or that kind of thing. Right. You know? Yeah. The timing on that is amazing. I've been uh, downing elderberry for the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So beautiful. I have so many questions, Jenna, and I'm trying to be respectful of your time. Yeah. This is the quickest podcast of my life. Um, so if someone's listening to this and they're like, wow, like this is amazing. I want to go a little bit deeper Um, before we share like your resources, like what is the, like what's the number one like tip or a journal prompt or how can like, what's your number one or an easy actionable step to start today with in this phase of exploring pleasure? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by the archetypes. I think that's an easy way to start like wrapping your head around it and start looking at your moods differently and dressing for your moods differently and things like that. But is there anything else like an easy step tomorrow that I'm like, you know what? I want to pay attention to my pleasure. What does that even mean for me? Yeah. All of the phases of the cycle also have an archetype associated with them. So that could be another podcast we do. Cause I know you talk about that with style. So we could get into that another time, which could be fun. Um, but okay. So an easy thing, first of all, what comes to mind, and this is, um, this is just something I've already created. Cause I've had this question a few times. Like I really like to allow the body to lead and like the body to show us the thing that the mind doesn't know yet. Um, and I think the body is so intelligent and we often forget to like use her and explore her. So I do have a free resource, which is the feminine archetype um, embodiment practice. And it's an audio that you can listen to and allow yourself to go to the places in privacy. And it has, it goes through the phases. So from the maiden all the way through to the wise woman, I didn't mention the wise woman today, but that'll be like a nice bonus for if you go explore the resource. Um, 
that's I can give to you to link in your show notes or whatever for people yes. to download. But yeah, it's just an audio. You'd put it on, you know, in the privacy of your own room or whatever, whatever space you can get into. If you get into nature, that's even amazing. Um, and just allow yourself to unravel and to see those edges and allow your body and your postures and your um yeah, like allow yourself to show you what you don't know yet. The other way, if that feels like not that accessible to you right now, or you feel like that is not something you're ready for, I think just asking yourself, like, what parts of yourself are desiring to be, like, to come forward? Like, what parts of yourself are you keeping hidden? What parts of yourself are you um, stamping down? Or what edges are you ready to explore, right? And when it comes to sexuality or sensuality, it's like, what have I been doing so far and how does that make me feel like, um, you know, if in your sensuality, if you've really been maybe operating in sort of that maiden, I don't know enough yet, or I, I'm not sure about this thing. I'm still very naive to it. Like, where do you actually know? Like, what is your truth? Mm-hmm. Um, cause you probably know a lot more than you think you do. And you can really trust yourself to lean in. We're like as feminine beings, we're so intuitive and we really, we really know. So I think it's a matter of dialing down the noise and just spending some quality time with yourself to allow that to come through. Um, and I think that can be really helpful. And if journaling and if an audio doesn't feel good to you, get into a self-pleasure practice, like touch your own skin. It doesn't have to be in a sexual way, but just spend some time like, get a nice body lotion and actually like spend time touching your skin, like, you know, your neck and the behind your knees and, um, all of the parts where maybe you just graze over really fast all the time when you're showering or putting on your lotion or putting on your clothes and actually be in devotion to your own skin and just see what that will show you and illuminate about your own truth. That's really powerful. I, you know, I'm really glad you said that when, um, I have a, well, I still work with her. My therapist was like, rub your chest and talk to yourself. Like, you know, love on yourself. And physically, we don't do that. Like when we think of touching ourselves, I feel like people only think of it from a sexual standpoint. And when I rub my chest and I have a couple of things like I would say to myself, like it's a fucking game changer, but it also allows me to be touched. Mm-hmm. So like when I know, like when I just rub like my neck, literally like my high chest, like there's nothing sexual about this. But then when my husband goes to touch me or hug me, I can receive it in such a different way. And then I've, obviously that can translate into sexual um, experiences, but really powerful. Thank you for bringing that up. I didn't even think about that. I've kind of forgot about how, how important that is until you said that. So, so good. Oh my God, a whole nother rabbit hole I wanted to go down with you was embodiment. I've really been thinking about what that word means to me. Um, And I'm going to have to bring you back on the show, Jenna, for part two, because I want to talk about what that word means, because I feel like it's one of those words that people will use a lot. We don't really know the definition and we don't really know what it means and or how to practice it on a daily basis and what you were saying about like, our body's really smart. And if you just trusted or acted as if like you can really learn so much, but I know that, um, I'm sure your free resource is amazing and can help with the beginning part of that. Did I skim over any archetypes? I was like, Oh yeah. For some reason, I don't know why uh wild woman was the last one that I thought was on my list. No, yeah. There's just the wise woman, which is like the end of the journey. It's really the part of ourselves that knows all it's the, it's the crone. It's if you think about the elder in the community, like it's the person that just 
knows all, it has all the wisdom, it stands really firm in that. And it's typically an archetype that's hard to um, access in our earlier years of life. It really comes into play deeper into um, our life. But um, yeah, it's the it's just that really I'm grounded, I'm comfortable, I'm connected, I trust my intuition, I trust the lands that hold me. Like it's um it feels very indigenous to me. It feels very um sacred, very holy. Like it's the part of ourselves where it's like I'm comfortable with what I've been through and what I've experienced. And I think for some women it's it comes quicker than others. Like their, their journeys, uh, to the wild or to the wise woman is faster than others because of their lived experience because of trauma or whatever they've been through. Um, but yeah, that, that part is the, is the last archetype that I work with the most. And it is, it's kind of the, um, the beautiful, like cherry on top. It's that, mm-hmm. that. That point. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. Okay. I have one more question. Um, what is your, like, What's if you had to pick one physical thing to wear? Oh, you know, I was going to bring it back to this mm-hmm. <laughs> a piece of clothing, eyelashes, lipstick, nail polish, earrings. Like, what's your go to piece? I like to just say that you like to adorn your body with to bring you back, whether it's to feel multifaceted or to connect back to a certain archetype. Like, what's a go to thing for you to like ground in? to a practice for you like to make you feel your best so for me um this is funny because i'm always chilly like right now i'm wearing a turtleneck and long johns because it's negative 20 here but um for me it's lingerie like it's matching sets and like i'm matching bra and peony um teddies or like beautiful lingerie like really detail oriented when I was in university I had a a two-bedroom apartment it was like barely a second bedroom but um I had like my desk in there and um it had this little tiny closet and the closet in the second bedroom was just lingerie and um these like cute little outfits right I don't know where all that clothes have went. I think I've gotten rid of them over the years, but I remember just so in love with that closet. Like I felt like Carrie Bradshaw when I walked into that room and I was just like, this makes me feel like me. I had my makeup table in that room and I had my little lingerie closet. And I just think even if it's under the most um, simple clothes, like a, a hoodie and a sweatshirt, I just feel like that part next to my skin, next to me, um, feels yeah like such a activation um for Mm -hmm. me and I wish I spent more time really um right now in this stage of life I feel like I need to return to that as really picking out those pieces that make me feel like I really come alive but for sure I think lingerie is so activating for me it's powerful they say you know clothes are your second skin and you take them with you all day long and they're the closest to your body And that's actually one of my favorite things to lean into during my bleed. Not necessarily the sexiest lingerie, but beautiful underwear because it has helped me shift my mindset around things I've picked up from society around what it means to actually bleed once a month. And that's like my go-to when you're talking about the style and the archetypes and um, our cycles having archetypes. Like, oh, that's so beautiful. You're amazing. This has been amazing. Um, I know that 
my amazing um, podcast um, friends are like, where can I get more Jenna? Please share all the things. And I absolutely will link in the resource you were talking about earlier, your audio, but where can everybody find you? Where can they chat? Where are they connecting with you? Mm-hmm. So I'm on Instagram, the most on social media. It's I am Jenna Miller. Um, that is where I am. Like you'll see me daily stories and that type of thing. I have my podcast, which is called Depth, D-E-P-T-H with Jenna Miller. Uh, and that's where I talk a lot about not so much just the feminine archetypes or sexuality, but a lot about mental health and just going deep uh, breakups like um, alcohol and substances and just the stuff that we like pretend that we don't talk deeply about. So it's a really beautiful channel uh, and space for me to connect with other humans on a deeper level. And I really foster intimacy just like you do Katie here on this podcast. Um, and then my website is jennamiller.ca. I'm Canadian. So .ca um, for me over here. And that's where I have, you know, more about me, more about my offerings, um, more about the program that I have. I, I have a program that I lead and a private mentorship that I do as well. So if you want to check that out and see photos of me or uh, connect with my story, it's over there on jennamiller.ca. So thank you for letting me share. Awesome, Jenna. This is so, the only word that comes to my mind really is just beautiful. So thank you for the deep, authentic connection. It really hits my soul. So thank you. Of course. Yeah. I loved being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you.